welcome to the FPC Blanchard Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in today. We also thank you for any comments, likes, suggestions that you may leave on this site. Also, feel free to share this with any of your friends or church members so that they can keep up with our events too. Here we go. Welcome back. Episode number 18, I believe. That's what you said. I believe it's 18. If not, I'll correct it. It'll mm-hmm. be whatever's on the whatever y'all see on the, the app there. Uh, welcome back. This is Joe Prater. Uh, I'm here with Brother Clay again, as always. Uh, we're still in the Nehemiah chapter 6 now. Uh, we're talking about building a wall and talking about uh, protecting our neighborhood and and, uh, and doing the work of God, the work before the work, in case you don't remember the different slogans that have come out of it. One, one times one equals one. Uh, investing in others and investing in the community. So, uh, Brother Clay, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. Good. Good to be back. Vacation was well. Uh, got some rest and uh, just had some enjoyable time with family. But, um, you know, just like Sunday, ready to be back here on the podcast, encouraging folks. and uh, Ready to get going. Ready to get going. Hey, uh, so in Nehemiah 6, the wall's finished. Yes, sir. Just to catch everybody up, uh, Nehemiah's got the wall. The gates aren't up yet. The wall's the wall's complete. We have the different families and things in there. They're starting to kind of see the end of it. They see the the uh, fruits of their labor as far as the protection for their deal, for their uh, community and for the area. And people are starting to recognize the wall is built and people are starting to come to the wall. So right. um, the protection is beginning. Uh, the wall is serving its purpose and uh, moving forward. But just because we build a wall or just because we attend, we'll, we'll say this, just because we attend church or we pray of our community once, does that stop the enemy? And in Nehemiah's case, has it stopped the enemy from trying to disrupt what he's doing for God? Mm-hmm. That's a good lead-in, man. That's that's kind of right where we were Sunday. You know, the, the message I kept pushing out there was the wall is finished, but the enemy is not. I think that's what a lot of people um, lean on with their salvation. You know, they remember a Bible school uh, emotional experience. They'll remember a, a, a sermon a, a, or a, a revivalist, evangelist, somebody like that that came into their church and 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 preached something that really got them thinking or, or got their mind wrapped around something and um to coin a phrase from brother jim that i've heard him say they came down saw a pastor they shook his hand they signed a card and they went up in a baptistry and got soaked um they didn't have an encounter with jesus they they didn't meet him they they just felt like they um something gripped them and they were just like chick that ticket's punched. I'm not going to hell. I'm not worried about those different things. So they believe that the wall is up. The wall's there. Security is is all around them and everything. But they don't expect the enemy within an hour, 30 minutes, three hours, three days, whatever moment in time, the enemy's going to come. That's knocking, if you couldn't understand or hear what that was. The enemy will come knocking. He wants to see, number one, was that was that a legit uh, profession of faith. Um, are you legitimately 
going to follow Jesus? Are you legit? Is your faith what it, what it says it is? Because it says in the Bible, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, you know, that's kind of that first, we always say baptism is the first outward sign of expression, but a lot of times um, that first time that the enemy comes is a really good uh, flashlight to illuminate into your life and to see if the Holy Spirit really is there. If, uh, is the Holy Spirit um, with you? Or are you going to walk away the first time a, a trial, a crisis, or something like that happens? So we kind of brought out some things Sunday that, you know, the enemy's looking. He's always looking for a crack in your wall, so to speak, he, He's or your armor or whatever you want to put put right there. You know, just because the wall is is built, the wall is there. Um, it's there, like you said. It's for protection. Um, I, I brought some slides from Israel, some pictures that I took, and uh, it showed and explained to our folks. It, it looked crude. I mean, it wasn't all finely polished and slicked <laughs> like you see the pictures in a lot of places. You know, this real refined and distinct wall and all this. Well, it was a crude wall. I mean, they were fifty-two days. You know, it took them actually lo- longer to build a wall than it did to get from Susa back to the holy city of Jerusalem. It took them, what, three, four months to get back. Well, it took 52 days to build this wall. What does that mean? It took unity. And that's what I was explaining to our folks. And I'll explain to you guys that are listening today. Um, most preachers that preach a, a Nehemiah, an Ezra series, they're leading up to a building program. And I shared with our folks, and I'll share with you today, that's not where I'm going. I'm not trying to build a program. I'm not trying to build a new this, a new facility. We have plenty of things here. You know what we need to build? Unity. And we need unity. We need unity in the church. We need it in the fellowship and all that kind of stuff. So to to just give the viewer, the listener, the audience you know, why, why, why did we go through Nehemiah? What, what is it? Is it to see that he's a good leader? Is it to see this? No, it's to see exactly what they saw. If we'll read this. I don't have my glasses. I'm going to do the best I can. Um, it says this um, in 16. And it happened when all of our enemies heard. I told our folks to underline that one. Heard. Get my glasses. I don't have them. They heard it. And all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. What does that mean? That means God's sovereign. They saw that even through all the tactics of the enemy, um, bringing the army out, uh, trying to enclose them with Sanballat in the north, uh, the Amorites here, the the Egyptians over here, um, all those four corners around Jerusalem, they tried to sew them in and, and hem them in, so to speak. But, man, they, the, they saw in 52 days what God could do. You know why he did it? Because he called Nehemiah to a work. It's, it's great to see this wall built. It was great to see, you know, something like this happen. It's good to see that he is a great leader. But ultimately, we understand God is sovereign and that God wants unity with people. They worked, remember we used this one in the sanctuary, shoulder to shoulder. That's unity. They came together. God put a mission on their heart. And you know what they did? 
They didn't look around and go, well, maybe we are to back up and, well, maybe we are to do that. Well, maybe we need a debate about this. Well, maybe we need to form a committee and talk about it. Maybe we need to do – no. They had one leader, and they followed his instruction. You know who Nehemiah's leader was? Starts with G, ends with D. Yeah. God. He followed God. He listened to God. He, he was in tune with God. And so, you know, people can see that. They, they know the phony from the real. It may take some time. Um, but but they knew this guy was legit. Why? Because I, they spent so many days with him. He didn't just say, as dictator, hey, I want the wall built, get out there and get that wall built. He was out there shoulder to shoulder with them. He was invested just like they were. This was his um, his his area, his city, his, his people, the Jewish people. They were his people. And um, God had given them a command and what to do, and he did it. But I, I just want to show you. Those words that we looked at in 16, our enemy heard. I gave us three L's Sunday morning. The enemy heard. Well, that means he's listening. You know, the enemy is listening. He, he wants to know um, some of our weaknesses because a lot of times he doesn't know. He's not omnipresent. He can't get in our mind. He's not God. He can't read our thoughts and all those things. But when we vocally say it out there, I was guilty of this. I would always say, I'm afraid to speak in public. And you know what would happen? Every time I had the opportunity to speak in public, the enemy would get around me and say, hey, remember, you can't speak in public. Remember, you're fearful. Remember, you can't pray out loud. So right. the enemy hears the things that we say and the things that, that uh, we bring up before him, and he, he begins to know these things. We kind of give him the fuel. We do. We yeah. give him the fuel. And we heard of it. So the enemy, they, he, he listened. He heard what was going on. And all the nations around us saw. So I took that word, saw, and I used it as look. The enemy's always looking. He's looking. The enemy's looking. What is he looking for? He's looking to seek who he can devour, who he can steal, kill, and destroy. Tear your witness up. Tear your family up. Tear your, 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 uh, your anything. He can get a foothold in or an area. He's looking for it. He wants to get in. Um you know, just think about our marriages sometimes, you know. Um, things can be going really good. You know, you might be on vacation, something happening or whatever. And um, just something out of the blue, you know. Satan's trying to, you and your spouse, man, you're getting along good and everything. He wants to just turn this around. He don't want to see you in unity. He wants to see you distracted. He wants to see you bickering and fighting. So, even in, on a vacation sometimes, he'll be like, hey, let's let's pull into the rest stop and get a bunch of information about places we can go and, you know, all these things to do, just distractions. So the enemy's always listening. He's looking. And then it says this, their own, their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. I used the word lurking. So he's, he's listening, he's looking, and he's lurking. The enemy's always, um, not necessarily, we give the devil way too much credit. Um, our enemy, a lot of times, are our own flesh. You know, we give in to the lust of the heart, the the desires of the eyes and different things like this. So he's always looking at those different things, and we just have to realize just like they realize. You know what? They weren't Jews. They weren't believers in Yahweh, uh, the Lord Almighty. They They were just, they were there to, be in the city to sell 
fish and to sell goats and to sell things. And they had a commerce. They had a business there. And you know what? It was slowly going away because the wall had closed. And Tobiah, who was we'll see in here in a minute, he was married into the family. So that really brought the third uh, part to my message Sunday. The enemy, the wall was up. The enemy was now on the inside. And that's what happens a lot of times in our lives. We don't realize the enemy sometimes is inside with us. He's in the four walls, you know, where we are disrupting, dis, dis, uh, bringing disunity and, and the different things. So, But they did know one thing, 52 days? Man, there must be a God. Their God is legit. Their God is real. And so you, you remember a couple weeks ago I was telling you how Sanballat, um, Tobiah, the army and all that, they were trying to bring all that fear onto Nehemiah. Right. Well, what happened now, this is a term, I don't know, it's 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 not good English. It's it's probably not in a lot of different things, but it's a word sometimes I use and sometimes you'll hear it uh as slang. Uh the the script got flipped on them. Um what happened was they were trying to make Nehemiah afraid. Now they see the God of heaven doing some mighty work. It worked again. Now they're afraid. They're saying, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? So the same tactics that they were trying to use to distract and mess up Nehemiah, it's happened to them. They're shaking in their boots now. They're afraid. They're 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 scared of what's going on. And all those uh, days, the nobles of Judah, uh, they sent letters to Tobiah. So the enemy now is on the inside. He's sending letters to Tobiah, um, and he's sending letters back to them. Verse 18 says this, For many in Judah were pledged to him. What does that mean? That means that they had took an oath. They said, hey, look, we're in business with him. You're, you're going to allow us to, to come off the Mediterranean coast into Jerusalem and sell our fish and to sell these different things, take up tax, do all the kind of things. Well, Nehemiah's pocket was getting fat. Their pocket was getting fat. They were making a... So they were pledged to him in a business. They took an oath. They said, hey, we're, we're in this together. You remember, if you remember back, the nobles, if you go back to chapter 2, 3, somewhere in there... They're the ones that didn't put their shoulder into it. Remember? They hired uh, a group to come in right. and take their slack. Right. I remember that. Yeah. So they're still they're still not on board. So the nobles of Judah were sending letters to Tobiah. Tobiah was sending letters to him because they were pledged to him because the novel, the, the plot thickens. He's the son-in-law to uh, Shechaniah. He, he's the son-in-law. So he's... He's not a Jew, but he's in the Jewish household now. He he's in this in this line of folks and everything. And I shared Sunday a little another fact about this thing is um, the tribe of Judah. Do you know what was going to come out of the tribe of Judah? I'll tell you because you know it's one of those things. Your mind's not really probably where mine was and all that. So we ask questions sometimes. We're like, oh gosh, yeah. oh yeah, I knew yeah. that, but it catches you off guard. So I'll share it with you. The line of Judah is where the Messiah is going to come right, out of. Right. David comes right. out of the line of Judah. And so they know that the Messiah is going to come out of their lineage, and they still turn their back on it because their commitment for what was, what do you think was what they were counting on? It's called greed. Greed meant more to them than a Messiah. Are we any different today? 
I don't, I, a lot of people aren't, no. Right. You know, I don't think we, are. We, we say we're looking for Messiah. We say we believe in Jesus. We say that, that we trust, we believe in all this. But a lot of times greed or, you know, all these different what we call enemies today because this is what we're looking at. You know what it is? We don't think about this, Joe. We don't think about idols the way they think about them. God always talked about in the Old Testament gold, silver, carved images out of wood. We can look back and go, man, that, that guy had a, had a shrine on his. He bowed down to a shrine and everything. We bow down to MasterCard. You know, right. we, we bow down to our checkbook. We bow down to things that look just, you know, they look different, sound different, but it's all the same. It's still an idol. Yeah, at, you know, it, possessions is a lot of it. Uh, we we think, oh, well, we got to have this, we got to have that, and and there's that fine line between possession because you can, yeah, because thanks. you're capable yeah. of it, you enjoy it, and possession because it's consumed your life. Things are not uh, a bad thing. No, it's no. whatever mm-hmm. we put ahead of God, right? And it could be recreation. You you know, you've been around me for almost two years now. One of my passions, hunting. hunting. Yeah, there you go. Yep. I love it. But you know what? I don't put it for the Lord. Yeah. You know, I'm providing a lot of times for my family. We eat that stuff. We we eat what we when I hunt and things like this. So, you know, you can use hunting. You can use another thing I love. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. I love coaching baseball. I love being around baseball. And um, and you can turn it into an idol really quick. You know, a lot of it's funny you say that. A lot of a lot of programs, even in our own community, have turned it into that. You know, you've got parents out there and and everybody that their their investment is not in retirement. Their investment is in their child going to play in the majors or going mm-hmm. to the NFL or going to the NBA or or whatever it is. And they're like, yeah, if they'll do that, then I can get this, you know. But they lose sight of, of what the real investment in our children is, right. you know, and, and what it should be. We don't protect. We don't put the walls up. We don't mm-hmm. maintain it. Or we uh, I've seen this a lot. You get super stoked from a parent. just super, super excited because their child's getting baptized. Well, that's great. Your child's getting baptized. The whole family shows up. Everybody shows up. Friends, family, everybody that you know, coworkers. But do we continue to maintain that? And so you, you start talking about the wall and you start talking about the gates and the, the surrounding uh, the city and the protection. I, I, the whole time I'm thinking, okay, we build houses. We build up relationships. Uh, one thing with a house, you know, Wood rots. It's got to be replaced. Uh, bricks deteriorate. Uh, wind, weather, the things of, of just nature will, will beat your house up. You don't build a house and then sit back and just watch it for 50 years. You're constantly, constantly. And if you're, if you're not a homeowner, take note. If you do own a house, there's always something to be mm-hmm. fixed. There's right. always something we have to do. Uh, a crack in a brick or a piece of wood that needs to be recalked and painted to keep the elements out or, or something. And so it's just like the way I look at it. You know, the wall had some, the wall was there when Nehemiah came. It was just not there. The, the pieces were there, uh, the outline. And then, of course, he added and grew and, and different things like that. But 
with our kids, we build walls around our community uh, for protection, or we build up programs in the church Mm -hmm. to shore up things like that. But do we continue to invest in them? Do we continue to maintain them? Do we continue on with different things? Same thing with our kids and with our family. Yeah, okay, you led your child to Christ. They followed your example. Do you continue that? Mm -hmm. Do you show them every day what Nehemiah is showing the people that he's worked shoulder to shoulder with? Do your kids work shoulder to shoulder with you? Do your coworkers work shoulder to shoulder in your community sharing the gospel, sharing Christ, uh, leading people to the church and then allowing, allowing or to Jesus, but then allowing the, the spirit to work in them and through them. And do we continue those types of things once the initial investment is there? And then, <clears throat> like you said, the enemy's not done with it. Uh, he sees those things. Man, does he ever see those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you think that it's rainbows and sunshine all the time, it's not. It, it is difficult. Uh, same way with marriages. It, it's got to be, you know, consistently taken care of. And and what was funny is I was thinking the, the enemy only knows what we give him. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so one thing I look at, if the enemy only knows what we give him, he also only knows what's in the past. And so that's why a lot of past problems come back, because that's all he's got. All he can use is, hey, hey, remember that time, you know, in other people's minds. And, and so, and we allow him to. We don't look forward to, uh, look physically forward in time to where we could be or what could be going on to strengthen up our relationships with others and, and with God. We, we stay in that past. We don't. When God's already told us, hey, you know, it's gone. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Move forward. So, Yeah, that's right. That's a good word, man. It's <clears throat> a good thought in there. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much the the gist of the meat of it, man. The, the, enemy, the wall's up. wall looks good. The wall keeps the enemy out, you know, but the enemy's always still lurking. He's still listening. He's, he's still, you know, looking for ways in. And uh, we can even give him areas in where he shouldn't even have been in. He shouldn't even have been in this in this family line, um, Tobiah. He, he shouldn't even have been there. And, um, you know, then they start sending these letters to each other uh, and then sending them to Nehemiah saying, hey, really, Tobiah's really a good guy. Come on, man. Come on. Listen to him. Come on. Let him in. Come on. Let's, let's keep this relationship going good and everything. And then you, you read the very last piece of it right there, and it says, um, also they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. So they're saying, hey, here's his good deeds. These are the good things he's doing, and here it is. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. He didn't quit. He didn't yeah. quit. The enemy, and that's, that's the bottom line, the takeaway, the finish point for today. You know, the wall may be up. The, all the different things, but you know what? The enemy's not finished with you. He's going to keep yeah. coming. He's going to quit attacking. I will say this one because I am a, a Southern Baptist guy and everything. Um, you know, our salvation, we're not going to lose it. We don't lose our salvation. But you know what? The enemy's still going to come in to disrupt you. He's going to try to distract you. Um, not only in your life, but for you to quit telling other people's 
telling other people about what God's done in your life, your testimony, sharing Jesus with others, trying to see people come to know the Lord and everything. He starts distracting with other things, and um, it messes with you. So I don't want anybody out there to to think that um, you know we're, we're thinking that you could lose your salvation or anything like that. I don't I don't believe you can lose your salvation, but the enemy will come to attack you. He'll he'll try to mess yeah. up your marriage. He'll try to mess up your your Christian walk, your Christian witness, and uh, so, so we've we've created the kind of with the walls built in six, and we're moving on to seven this Sunday. So not to give anything away, but with seven, now that we've got the wall built, we know the enemy, we know the different players involved. So now we're going to start refining. I'm assuming on how to keep that protection up and how to move forward with <laughs> with everything in our lives and everything. But not going to give it away. Yep. I, I know, but just to kind of get people <laughs> yeah, te- you gotta get teased them on, the hook. on it. Yeah, keep yeah, on the hook. I mean, it, yeah, it's great. You built a wall. Yes, I'm, I'm excited you were saved. I'm excited you fired up for the community. I'm excited you're fired up for God and, and spreading the word. But how do you spread the word? How do you keep yourself safe? How do you keep your community safe and and prayed over in the wall sufficient so that's the teaser i guess is that okay yeah it's cool your teaser's good you know you you said it kind of on the lead in you know the wall the the gates weren't hung so maybe we'll talk about hanging gates and maybe hanging some things you know i know how they could find out (laughs) there's two ways you can either read or you can show up sunday (laughs) and then we can we can go from there but but uh yeah, it was, it was a good. That's that's a lot of that's a lot to think about, and and I know that um, everybody views it a little bit different. Every every message is a different message for everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, what I may take out of it is not what other people may take out of it. And what you preach out of it is 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 for you. You know, a lot of times I've heard preachers say, "You're preaching for you," you know, and y'all just get to be here for it. Yeah, exactly. That, that whatever God's laid on your heart to share and, and how I take it may not be what your intentions are, but it, it's what God wanted me to hear. So, Well, that's what I always say. A lot of times we can get up there and just botch up a message or botch something up, you know, and it, we feel like we're struggling reading or, or struggling communicating what the text is saying and all like that. You come off the pulpit defeated and somebody runs up to you and goes, man, I, I just needed to hear how the enemy was real and how he can. And you're like, man, how did they get that out of that? Well, that's because of the Holy Spirit of God. Right. He's sovereign. Right. He's in control, and he people hear what God wants them to hear out of that out of the message. So, yeah. there's there's always going to be a um, a hearing. You know what we're guilty of, Joe? Doing. We won't do. We don't respond to the right. message the way that it's intended to. Well. In Nehemiah 7, we talk about the response. Uh, mm-hmm. So, good deal, brother. You want to close this out? Yeah, I'll close with some prayer. We'll roll yeah. out. Yeah. All hey, right. good. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to close in prayer, and then uh, we'll get you some contact information on how to get in touch with us. Sounds good. Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that um, that we are saved. Those that know Jesus as Savior and Lord, Lord, the the uh, wall of salvation, so to speak, is built. Lord, it's it's there. It's in our hearts, in our life. Lord, we can't lose it. We um, we know that you're in control of it. So, Father, we thank you for it. 
God, but the enemy's real. Lord, he does. We know. We understand. Uh, you read the book of Job. We see that, Lord, he is a roaring lion. Lord, he will try to uh, destroy and, and maim and tear up, distract, disrupt. Um, he's good for all of it. But we know one thing. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So, Father, we thank you for the promises of God that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And, uh, God, you'll keep your hand upon us. God, we love you and thank you. God, be with our church. Be with these folks that listen to this podcast. Touch them and speak to them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on the First Baptist Church Blanchard podcast today. Uh, Please follow us, like us, so you can be notified when the new episodes come out. If you have any comments or suggestions, leave those below. Also, if there's any way we could pray for you, please contact us. Let us know. 318-929-2346. Or also, you can catch us at www.fbcblanchard.com. Go to the contact page. You'll find all the info you need. Thank you again. We're praying for you. You have a blessed day.